Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknett. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, Beast Slayers. I am delighted to be able to share with you today another migraine miracle story. This one from Migraine Everland member Shauna Litsky. As is often the case, it is a story that will be familiar to many of you, especially her struggles over the years with migraines and with the conventional approach. Um, She shares a lot of great wisdom. She also talks about the impact of the plan on her vestibular migraines, which is something we've gotten a fair number of questions about in the past. So definitely stay tuned for that interview. I know you'll enjoy it. Real quick, a little bit of housekeeping. So uh, we are going to be launching our first ever mindset and meditation challenge in five days from the day I'm recording this. So August 31st, that will launch. and I'm very excited about that. Uh, You have probably heard me talk about the critical role of mindset uh, in success with the Migraine Miracle Plan. So I'm very excited to have a deep dive into that topic for our uh, 30-day challenge. And uh, if you're listening after uh, that has already taken place, you can still see what upcoming challenges we have by going to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash schedule that lists the schedule of our 30-day challenges for Migraine Everland members. And if you want to take part and you want to see more about what uh, membership entails, just head over to mymigrainemiracle.com and click on the uh, resources tab, which covers all the uh, resources that we have to offer, including Migrant Everland. And as I've talked about before, one of the major benefits of being a member is the community of members themselves, um, as you'll hear in this interview. Also, uh, be sure to stick around uh, to the end um, after our conversation with Shauna. Jenny and I will share uh, some of our favorite moments from the interview. So stay tuned for that. And now, without further delay, here's our interview with Shauna Litsky. I am uh, delighted to have with me on the podcast today, Shauna Litsky. Hi, Shauna. Hi. So uh, Shauna is one of our Migrant Everland members, and not too long ago, shared with us some pretty remarkable successes and has been a very valuable and positive and enthusiastic member of our community and was kind enough to allow us to talk to her today on the podcast. So we're excited to bring her to you. Maybe we can just begin by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Well, about my migraine self or myself, myself? (laughs) Just yourself, yourself, so we know who you are. I am a mom of two young boys Uh that um, they're a big reason why I needed to find a way out of this sort of migraine nightmare that I had been living in. They were, you know, an obvious reason to find a solution. Um, Funny, I own a brownie company, so when we talk about not eating sugar Uh anymore... Yes. You can imagine, I mean, it's a, such a big part of my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've worked for myself for many years. Another reason why I needed to find help, because it wasn't like I could just call out of work. I mm-hmm. mean, some people might think, sure, you could because you work for yourself, but really it's the opposite. Right. You know, you yes. can't. For sure. So um, those things have, have led me to you. Gotcha. So that's, yeah, we haven't talked uh, too much about the whole parental issues that come up, but we can certainly 
relate to that yes. having two kids as yeah. well and just the just the level of guilt you feel when you're when you're at that point where you're totally incapacitated and really you just can't really be there like you want to be for your kids on those days and that is an incredibly hard thing to deal with yeah especially when you can't anticipate them absolutely you right can plan and plan but you don't know when this is going to hit yeah absolutely so then take us back to kind of when things started with your migraines Okay, so I was one of those people who went diagnosed pretty much my entire life. When I was younger, I would get super nauseous and get dizzy, and I was told I had vertigo or had inner ear problems. Mm -hmm. That was sort of the diagnosis forever. So I'd end up in the emergency room a couple of times a year just vomiting you know, uncontrollably. I'd end up getting morphine to stop the pain. And this just kind of went on. I'd get these terrible headaches, but migraine was never even brought up. Hmm. This went on my entire life. I'm now 43, and I've only been told I had migraines as of about two years ago, maybe wow. three years ago. And it's because I'd go to neurologist after neurologist, and I have to say, I'm very sensitive to medication. So they would give me these medications, and I just feel terrible. And this wasn't even the big stuff. This wasn't even like the sumatriptans. This was just mm -hmm. a more basic decongestant type of things. And I forget what it was for car, for motion sickness. And nothing uh -huh. felt good. I would tell everybody I had vertigo. So I was always known I had vertigo. And it would knock me out sometimes, you know, for days at a time. Or I'd end up in the hospital and get that morphine. And they would say to me, you know, oh, and I would say, what is that feeling, that horrible feeling I get when you give that to me? And they would say, you know, that's what drug addicts, they like that feeling. And <laughs> the only time I felt that feeling again was when I started taking the simatriptan injection. And you know, when you inject it and you get that horrible, that rush in you, you can feel it, but then you feel better after. So, or I used to feel better mm -hmm. after, but I only found those as of, as I said, like two, three years ago, when I finally met this one neurologist who I, I felt was like a goddess to me at the time. She, we shared a similar background. She was a college basketball player as was I, and she talked to me about how she would feel before games or after working out really hard, things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And um, when she, she said to me, you know what? I almost can't wait for you to get your next migraine because I can't wait for you to take <laughs> this pill and this mm -hmm. injection. And I remember thinking, oh gosh, please no. Please don't wish me a migraine. Right. But okay, <laughs> let's see how this goes, you know? Right. And so I got one, I took the pill, and I did feel better. And I was like, oh, this is life changing. Here we go. I can get on with my life again. And it really was a miracle for a little while. Mm -hmm. And she's also the one who said that that feeling in your stomach, that's extreme nausea, then into a headache is a migraine. She was the mm -hmm. first person to say that to me. Gotcha. And so that got me on this path of this, what I thought was a great path of sumatriptan pills. And then the injection was like the next huge miracle for me. Okay. Now I'd get nauseous. I would you know, inject myself. And rather than going days with a migraine, it would be several hours. I'd still feel bad the next day, but nothing like I had in the past. Mm -hmm. But then that starts wearing off and you kind of sense that it's not working so well anymore. So you take two pills mm -hmm. and yes. oh, well, let's try another injection. And okay, this doesn't feel good. It's expensive. It's just, it just doesn't feel right. And then I think I told you that I got the one about a year ago, March, that was really bad. It was right before my son's birthday and I was just done. And I had that, you know, the hangover, horrible. And that's when I read your book. Gotcha. Just said, I have to do something more. Could tell the pills were quite working. Had to do something more. Went online, started researching. And that's when I just found this whole thing of, oh, if you have migraines, when you get a headache coming on, have a handful of almonds. 
the worst thing you could do is have a handful of almonds. <laughs> you know, it was just all across the board, right. confusing and upsetting. And I found your book and it was the first thing that resonated with me because when I opened your book, I read the first few pages and I went, oh my gosh, even more than my visit to that neurologist I had told you about, mm-hmm. which I had never put into words what it felt like to have a migraine. And when I read the first few pages of the book, I just went, oh my goodness, this person has just described exactly what mm-hmm. I feel. That was too hard for me to find on another website. I just couldn't right. quite pinpoint it. And it was so specific to how I had felt that I just knew I was in the right place. And I you know, read your book cover to cover in no time and kept going back and started implementing things and was so happy to think in my mind that I could do this myself. I didn't need a pill. Right. It was the most exciting part because I knew that I did not want to, you know, with my sensitivity to medications, I just didn't want to go going down that road. And I've seen, I've just seen how people feel on different medications and it's, it's often not very pretty. Right. Yeah. It sounds like so, you. Uh, yeah. So that led me to your book and that's, that's when this all started gotcha. getting better. And so um, back to the uh, when you started, when you found that neurologist and got the official diagnosis for the first time, mm-hmm. about how often were you getting these attacks at that point in time? So unlike a lot of your other members, I have to say my attacks were much more spread out, I think, my big mm-hmm. attacks. I would mm-hmm. get one maybe every four months. Mm-hmm. especially after a very stressful time at work. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily going into those stressful times. It was right after. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. I had daily things. Every day I woke up with some kind of headache or I'd go to pick my son up and I'd get up and he'd fall to my knees out of just dizziness or I'd call them brain zaps. Gotcha. Um, just never right. I'd look down and feel nauseous and that would set me into a migraine or I'd go into periods of really wanting to get back into shape and working out hard. And then I'd get them again. So I wasn't someone who was on the sumatriptan pills or injections daily, mm-hmm. but I had, I had symptoms every day. Gotcha. There's a lot of different faces to migraine. Mm-hmm. And so certain things predominate more than others. It can sort of delay anybody sort of recognize it for what it is for a long time. Sounds like some of what you've described people may nowadays characterize as vestibular migraine if they're given the migraine migraine diagnosis with it where there's a lot of dizziness and vertigo and nausea and so forth that predominates a lot. And the anxiety. I mean, yeah. I think that was, you know, launching me even further down it into the migraine world, you know, just so ramped up and worried about it all the time. Right, for sure. So once you kind of started down this road after finding the book, what were, you mentioned that you own a brownie company. So I would imagine sugar was one of the things that may have been something you had to tackle. What were some of the changes that you, that you made? Well, so I had had a knee jerk reaction to all this, that the migraine was so bad. I got scared. I read your book and I was just like, I don't even want to put food into my body anymore. I'm so scared. I don't know what to eat. I don't really know what gluten-free looks like. I don't know what sugar-free really looks like, you know, mm-hmm. and it, right. you just, you're afraid to eat anything because when you really look at stuff, it's, it's everywhere. And I didn't want to start eating like special gluten-free crackers and special yes. gluten-free this. And I knew that wasn't the right way to do it. So again, I only had your book at this time. I didn't have the podcast or anything else. I'm just going off of your book. So right. I decided to sort of go this cold turkey. I think I ate RX bars for a few days, you know, with, you know, just egg white and some dates and some, some uh, 
what else do they have in them? Almonds, you know, like just so mm-hmm. basic because I was afraid. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. I had definitely like flu-like symptoms in the very beginning and a lot of anxiety just for like a couple of nights. And I looked it up and it said, that's what you get when you eliminate these things from your body. So that kind of felt good to know. Mm-hmm. I was also somebody who in the afternoon, about two thirty, three o'clock, I would go and grab a bag of gummy candy. I loved my gummy candies. Right. And I got to tell you that day when I stepped back and realized that I had been giving myself migraines all these years was very emotional for me. I mm. went, I cannot believe that all these years I've been doing this to myself and I did not know it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a hard pill to swallow, you sure. know, when, when you to realize you could have been not doing this, but who knows? Maybe I wouldn't have been mature enough to listen or it. Exactly. Yeah. This, right. You know, so many knows. variables. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I made those changes though. And um, I was pretty good about it. I would say I still have like a little piece of, I, I, I was a milk chocolate eater. Never, not anymore. Now I started to, you know, I enjoyed the really, really dark stuff. Yes, almost yes, same. Zero, you know, whatever. Uh, so I would, started eating just a little piece of chocolate at night or I would go, I would do a lot of heavy cream, heavy whipping cream with fruit, stuff like that. So those are my really only tools at that time. Mm-hmm. So I thought was the gluten and the, um, sugar. the sugar. So right. I eliminated that and I did start to feel much better. I felt that the biggest difference was the daily stuff. So it was like brain mm-hmm. deaths I was talking about and that sort of daily dizziness. That was when I first to start to go because I wasn't having the big migraines you know, every month to really test it, I just knew that I was feeling a lot better. Right. And also at my son's birthday party, so that was March. My son's birthday party was the end of June. I hadn't really had any sugar or very much less than I had had in the past. And mm-hmm. I got a birthday cake for his birthday and I had a piece of it. And I had a terrible headache after that party. And I said to my husband, you know, I don't think I'm getting a migraine, but I had a terrible headache and I had to go sleep it off for several hours. And it was such a direct cause and effect in my mind that I had not had a headache in all those months. Uh And then to have this big piece of cake, you know, with thick frosting and I was like, no, that's it. And it was really cool to me to realize that I could again, control um, these headaches. Very powerful. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, in a lot of ways, I mean, I think everybody feels this way is that, uh, not just, you know, having fewer headaches, but just having the level of control back makes such an enormous difference. Uh, you touched on that a lot already. And then having that direct feedback, it's almost like, it, it seems like every person has that moment where they're doing well for a while. You think, you know, maybe I can tolerate some stuff. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll test the waters a little bit and they get that feedback and you know, it's a temporary setback, but it does kind of reinforce that you're on the right track mm-hmm. and that now you at least know, you know, what's going on and you're no longer a, a slave to the whole thing. Yes. Yes. It is such a relief. It is absolutely life-changing. So you mentioned initially, you know, gluten and sugar were the main things you focused on. Have you sort of done anything else in implementing any changes since the book or since I know that I think you've been through at least part of the academy? Yes, that was just the first step because, and I thought I was doing well. And uh-huh. then in September, so I hadn't had, I wasn't, you know, March, I started eating better. Then in September, I had the worst migraine experience of my life. I was away at a cabin. We, we checked into this cabin in mm-hmm. the middle of the Adirondacks. I walk in with my family and I said to my husband, oh no, something's happening. I'm just going to stay in here. You guys go out and hike, do your thing. This thing was the biggest monster I could imagine in the middle of nowhere. Thankfully, I have like 
a pill with me and I have an injection. I don't want to take the injection because you know what it means. Right. You're done for. So I take the pill. This thing just gets worse. It ramps up. So I wait the night out. The next day, I'm like, oh, this is horrible. I take an injection. Nothing happens. I take a second pill. I am getting worse by the second. I am you know, throwing up the whole bit. I'm in an uncomfortable place in the middle of nowhere. My family is in the small space. It is a nightmare. And I kid you not, the next day, they had to leave me there. I could not get in the car. I had to go check into like a separate room and um, spend the night there. And I tell you, by the grace of whomever, I'm not that religious, but somebody was looking down on me. <laughs> and this, I, in the middle of the night, because they weren't with me, I went down to the front desk. I didn't want to make a scene. I said, I have to go to a hospital. You know, do you have an ambulance that can come in this far into the woods, you know, to get me? What do I, I do? And he goes, hold on. And this man went and got his wife, who was a nurse. And she nursed me through the night oh, wow. um, with cold compresses, you know, massaged my neck. She happened to have a nasal version of the Sumatriptan. Huh. And gave that to me. Then she gave me Benadryl. I'm t- I was so drugged. You could not even imagine. <laughs> but I was so desperate just to knock myself out. I didn't know what to do. Right. So my husband comes. I wake up the next morning and I'm functioning. Barely. He comes to get me. I think, okay, the worst is over. I get in the car. I make it home, the two-hour drive. And then all hell breaks loose again. Nothing has worked. So I'm having a rebound headache, which I guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what this is because I haven't really read about it. Mm-hmm. So then this goes through, then I'm like a couple of days later, Doug, I'm like to my husband, I have to go to the hospital. I am in so much pain. This is not let up. Now we're going on day like six, day seven, you know, I go to the hospital, they pump me full of what normally knocks me out. I'm thinking, okay, they'll give me what they've given me in the past and I'll walk out feeling decent. Mm-hmm. They give me a whole host of stuff. It was like I was made of iron. Nothing mm-hmm. penetrated me. So they had nothing left for me. I go out to the waiting room. This is probably two in the morning. And I had the deepest cry of my life. And I thought my life, I don't want to live this way. How can I raise my children like this? I, mm-hmm. I can never travel with them. I am a slave now to this migraine. And it was one of the most horrible moments of my life, being alone in that waiting room and just feeling when waiting for my friend to pick me up. Wow. It's hard to explain just how depressing that moment yeah. was. So that's, but then I, you know, and that was, that, that migraine, I'm telling you, lasted me three weeks to a month of just feeling horrible. Right. To, you know, I am a CrossFitter. I could not get back into that gym. It was so hard. I just felt weak and sick every time. So that passes, thankfully. I go back to the drawing board and say, no, this is it. So then I look you guys back up again. <laughs> and I start reading every single thing I can from you guys. And everything, you've expanded so much. So I, I and of course, right. I read that we read the book. Then I, I may have joined already, but I'm not sure. I went back onto the website. I read every single chatter. I read, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I was on your podcast. I listened to everything and I picked up so much. And I say some of the biggest things. One was the, I did not understand the low carb part of this. Uh-huh. I had just replaced like uh, pasta with brown rice pasta. And gotcha. so I still was eating a lot of carbs, but not realizing it. And especially around my period, I didn't realize what was going on. So that monster migraine also was, you know, I would say it was probably a, um, a menstrual migraine to some degree and also mm-hmm. why it was as, as severe as it was. So now I saw the, um, you know, the protocol um, leading up to my period, you know, very low carb. I'm not keto. I've, I felt very good eating close to that, but mm-hmm. 
just with working out, I do, I just feel a little bit better with some more, some more sure. carbs, but yep. like around workouts and stuff, um, mm-hmm. it's what works for me right now. But you know what, if I start to get more migraines, I will revisit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're now in what we're, we're May 20th and I feel great. And you know, I just did my first CrossFit competition this past weekend. Oh, I don't think I, and thank you. And it was outdoors in the sun. That would have been a recipe for absolute disaster in the yeah. past. You know, I could not have put forth that kind of effort all day long, starting at, you know, eight in the morning to four in the afternoon. That would have been, had me absolutely done for, or, or too scared to even sign up, quite right. frankly. Absolutely. I would have said, you know what? I can't depend on my body. I can't. I don't know what it's going to bring me on the day. I have teammates that are relying on me and I'm, I don't want that on me. And I was really nervous about it, but just really stuck to my diet. Also, when I eat, I do not eat past seven o'clock at night and I don't eat mm-hmm. until seven o'clock in the morning. Starving the beast mm-hmm. is a massive change. Um, <laughs> when I feel a headache coming on, I used right. to always be like, maybe I'll just have a little candy or I'll have a little this and, you know, get the, get the blood sugar going back right. or whatever. And wow, what a change to just say, you know what? And that metabolic flexibility. I never thought I could stop eating at seven at night. Really, I love <laughs> right. to eat after that. But, um, you know, and I really would, I would even push that back to five if I could in some days. I, uh-huh. I definitely, you know, I, I think the longer I could do it, the better. But right now with family, it just sort of works. The seven to seven's been working for me. Sure. Um, but if I do have a headache, I would definitely cut myself off at five o'clock and just knowing that drink a ton of water when you feel that headache coming along mm-hmm. with some salt in it and just stay away from food for a few right. hours and it works. Right. So yeah, big changes. So where it started with just the gluten and sugar, I then really ramped it up to really watching the, the carbs and not being militant about it. Mm-hmm. Just knowing what's good and, and not tricking myself into eating fat bombs and all of that mm-hmm. stuff and buying the this and that keto because that right. you just end up eating more bars and you end up eating things that you really wouldn't normally eat yes so um, yeah, yeah that, that i had to work on that you know it's very easy to get sucked into i was like oh, i'm gonna buy these keto sticks and i'm gonna buy the special peanut butter that's triple the price of my regular right. almond butter right. or whatever mm-hmm. you know what it is and i was like Stop spending money on these things that come in packages. You don't need it, it's, but it's so easy because you think that that's like that's much easier just to, yeah. to grab it. Um, right. You know, I have my few little things that I rely on for on the go, and I went on my first vacation recently with my family and did not bring a single medication with me. I don't nice. touch Advil or Tylenol anymore. Mm-hmm. So even I had the flu, you know, several months ago, and I didn't take any Advil and that was yeah. really hard. <laughs> yeah. Been there. <laughs> but a migraine, you know, and it's amazing to me because I preach this to people, you know, you, you know, everyone's migraine experience is very different. So right. it's hard to just jump in and tell someone this when they've been in so much pain for mm-hmm. so many years, you guys, it was just your daily battle, right. <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm <laughs> taking it on for you too. In my own small world. And, you know, I try to share it with people sensitive in a sensitive way. Right. And when they say to me, Oh, I can't cut out gluten and sugar. I think to myself like, well, then your migraines aren't bad enough because honestly, yeah. I think for some people, a pill is just an easier thing to accept. Oh, I should also say I did before jumping back into all of this, I did go see another neurologist just to see where, where neurologists are sort of at right now with this. Mm-hmm. I was curious. So I went and there was this, it was, he was an older man, made some obnoxious comment about my boots when I walked in, my rain boots. And I thought, oh, this isn't going to go going well. well. But I've seen, this, <laughs> I've seen this with other neurologists. So I'm like, hey, okay, let's just put that aside. I go in and he says to me, yeah, so the world is a really scary place for you, isn't it? Everything's just waiting to set you off, Right. 
And I was like, yeah, you're right. That is how I feel. And he's like, yeah, you know, you, you look down and this happens. You get the sun in your eye when you're driving. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that is me, you know. And he's like, okay, well, here are five different medications. One will make you gain weight. One will make you a little nauseous. One is going to, and I just, oh, I was like, you know, what about diet? Anything, anything about diet that maybe I could try? He's like, well, yeah, yeah, here's our, you know, hands me that the generic list right. of foods I should start eliminating. And I walked out of there more sure than ever that what you guys were preaching was right for me. And I even canceled. I had an appointment. It took me six months to get with uh, um, the best head specialist in, in Vermont. Uh-huh. And... I canceled it because this is my path. This feels so good and right and it's working. And yeah, sure, I might get another migraine somewhere along the way. But the change from where I was to where I am now is yeah. astounding. Right, yes. That's great to hear. I, I apologize on behalf of my colleagues. <laughs> Unfortunately, what, what, you, what you encountered is still par for the course, but I'm, I'm still hopeful we'll come around at some point. <laughs> what I really liked in hearing your story too is that you've taken all the stuff that we put out there and really have used all the principles and customized it to your own needs. You know, you mentioned talking about CrossFit and sort of the, you know, how you work around meals and stuff like that. And you've sort of taken all this stuff and making it work for you. And that's what's so important to understand is that no two people's plan may look anything like each other, but it's all sort of the, mm-hmm. the same governing principles are there. And it just takes, it's, it's sort of a complete shift of the ownership of the process from, you know, having a doctor try to figure it out who doesn't have the tools to do so to, you know, taking ownership and, and using this knowledge to, to figure out what works best for you. You've clearly been doing that over this past year and, and, and seeing the results from it. Absolutely. Anything else that you've noticed has changed besides migraines since you've kind of made these other changes? I have lost weight. I'm in the best shape I've been in in a long time. Not that I was in, I mean, I'm, I'm a very outdoorsy person. I love to right. hike and you know, bike and run. So it's, it's not just a CrossFit thing. It's just a, it's just a lifestyle thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm able to plan, able to, I, I'm not right. scared of upcoming events like I used to be. I mean, just to wake up and not think what kind of headache am I going to have today? Yeah. It's so liberating. Um, yeah. yeah I, those are the big shifts. I, I do just feel more clear in my head overall. I mean, mm-hmm. and not and when you just sort of say, and you know, I'm not going to rely on Advil and Tylenol, and those things, you just get through it. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't want to minimize anybody's migraine because sure. I know that you have people that suffer much more than I was, you know, people that are on these medicines daily you know I thank goodness that was not where I was at again I had the headaches but not full-blown stuff every day so yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's always an important point we try to stress because we talk about you know how the the downsides of the medicines and so often they trade you know a short-term solution for a much Mm longer-term problem but that you know it's not to create guilt it's not to you know we understand how people get there and it's you know a big part of that's just the way our system works and like you like you found out at your last neurology visit it's really all about what drug is are you going to take so we totally sympathize with how folks get into that situation and yeah. uh, I mean and I still am scared I'm yeah. scared of migraines still even yeah. I, I should mention that you know even through this process it's always on my mind you know yes I, I'm definitely much more in control of it right. but I also know there's an element that who knows and what am I going to do if I'm with my kids somewhere but I think having that experience before that hospital visit just tells me that even taking the pill 
or an injection isn't going to do what it used to do. So why yeah. bother anymore? Right. Um, I do think that like the cold compresses on the head really helps, and you know just got to find other ways to do. I haven't really tried the exercising through mm-hmm. one because I've had <laughs> so much success. I would say right. Also, I have to say this is the most consistent I've ever been able to be with exercise because I feel so much better. Right. And I think that keeping, you know, you called up kind of sort of the groundhog day, mm-hmm. implementing that. And I now, that really works for me. And I think that there have been days when I have had headaches that I've said, you know what, I'm not going to go to the gym. And instead I go. And thankfully, yeah. they're very understanding. And I've said to them, you know, I'm having one of those days where when I look down, I feel a little off. I don't want to be throwing big weights over my head or I don't want to be working out as hard. And right. I go and I tell you, the second I start working out, I completely forget about the headache and it is gone by the time <laughs> I leave the gym. Yeah. So now where before I would have gotten into bed, right. I now get up and I go to the gym. And even, you know, if it's less of a workout, whatever, I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. Some people might not be. Mm-hmm. I'm totally cool with scaling and doing what I need that day. It really works. So I think that keeping that rhythm mm-hmm. of eating right and still going to exercise. So I may have not implemented it in the heart of a, in the heat of a migraine. Right. But I think I'm implementing it almost on a daily basis. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. And keeping that routine consistent also probably helps, you know, not letting those little, you know, it's, it's very easy when you have the whisper of a, mig- a headache coming to just sort of, oh, I'll just take it easy and probably yeah. um, ends up making things worse. Is a good there, sleep uh, habit. A good sleep. <laughs> yes. Have you have you been following? Have you been following our sleep challenge? Um, I did listen to the um the TED talk. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I've been reading what you've been um po- yes posting. I sleep. I'm pretty good about. I'm a pretty early to bed, early to rise sleeper. Yeah. But I was very intrigued by some of the things that you were saying about sleep cycles. Um, and I I was not tracking those, so I'm not sure where I where I lie in sure. there. There's a lot of a lot of variability. Sleep is a big issue for some migraineurs and definitely a big one worth addressing if it is. But there's other related issues like circadian alignment where you're trying to keep all the sort of physiologic processes that are going on in the body on the same schedule. And uh, doing things like having a regular routine is really important for that. So you're probably also not only sleeping well, but sort of ticking that box as well. And I mean, that's how much of a travel becomes is a yes. scary thing for a lot of migraineurs because yep. you just mm-hmm. know, you, and that's when I do get my headaches up and you know, when you've been up on, I, I'm not, a, I cannot do the all night travel and we often pick flights based on not just the kids, but me. Yep, for <laughs> right. sure. So right. you have yeah. to do it. Figuring out that's probably the next piece to tackle, right? Is the is the travel strategies. Every you know, eventually we we have our own that we've figured out over the years, and I think everybody kind of goes through that. And it's a, you know, it is another consideration, but it's it's yeah. something most folks can work through as well. Shauna, it's very I love- scary with children. Yes, just because you could travel, and if you know, it's one thing to take care of yourself when you have a migraine, but taking care of others is nearly yes. impossible. Absolutely. I'd love to hear about where the Brownie Company stands now. I don't know if you know this part about my own history that I was a baker and sold at farm oh. markets, and I really <laughs> thought a bakery was in my future, which you know <laughs> shifted a little bit um, as we uh, got into this. So I'd like to know what's going on with the Brownie Company now. So I own it. I love it. I absolutely love our product too. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a little sad because I don't eat it as much as often as, you know, as often right. as I used to. But you know what? I have probably a brownie a month now mm-hmm. and I, you know, I do it right around my, my period. So that's why I say once a month. 
and I make it more of an event. I sit, mm-hmm. I warm it up. I sit down. I eat it with a fork. I really make it sort of an event for myself, mm-hmm. and I really love it and appreciate it. Um, different than just sort of being at work and and popping one in, you know, and having right. them as little snacks. So I'm just much more careful about it. And I do it at a time. I do it earlier in the day. I drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, I make sure I've had a protein. That's another big shift in eating is making sure to wrap things in a protein. And uh-huh. you know, I don't ever grab an apple or a banana anymore and eat it on an empty stomach. I mean, those days are long gone. <laughs> right. So yeah, Brownie Company is thriving. It's right. all good. My work schedule is a little more flexible than it used to be, which is awesome so that I can get, I can still work out and negate any of my, the impact of the brownies that I do eat. Right, (laughs) right. I have found that, you know, that when you've eliminated it, when you go back and have little bits of it, for me, I don't necessarily want to promote this and you you can certainly take this out, (laughs) but you know, there's just like little times now when I am celebrating or if Mm -hmm. I want a little something that I can allow myself and I'm fine, especially around the, like I told you, I did that first competition. Everyone went out for ice cream after I had a little bit and I was like, you know, if there's ever time for me to have the ice cream, it's right after I've had this like super Mm -hmm. long day of of exercise. And that's why I know that now, like where I can allow that, that sugar. Yep. Yeah. It's not a habit at all, but it was enjoyable. But as I'm eating it, trust me, I'm thinking, why am I playing with fire? (laughs) You know, I really am. I'm going, this could be a bad thing. But luckily, I think because I'm living so far under the threshold now Mm -hmm. that I'm more apt to allow myself some sugar than gluten. Gluten, I'm not gluten. I mean, I am am gluten free. But if Mm -hmm. someone is cooking with gluten or is someone had a burger on a bun and they take it off, I I don't mind that at all. Like I will... I don't have celiac disease, so right, I'm right, not, right. you know, Super uber strict. careful. Or if I'm at right. a, yeah, if I'm at a restaurant and something, and I can pinpoint what the gluten ingredient is, you know, I, I'm okay with that. It does that doesn't seem to bother me. But I would not sit down to a bowl of pasta or a right. sandwich on regular bread or anything like that. But you know, it's really for me about living under the threshold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a great point you make about that. Now you've, you know, when you do have a brownie, it's an event, which is how it should be, right? I think mm-hmm. the, one of the biggest issues yeah. with, with, you know, how we think about refined carbohydrates and sugar is that they're just everywhere, and they're the bulk of our calories, and that's not how it should be. And we had, you know, our kids are pretty low carb, low sugar mm-hmm. too. And when they go to a birthday party, they're allowed to have a treat. It's a major event for them. Whereas yes. yeah, most of the yeah. kids, it's just totally ordinary. And so, and that's, I like that. That's how, you know, that's really how it should be for all of us. It's not that these things don't have a place, mm-hmm. but it's just that, uh, they shouldn't be everywhere. Yes, right? and our kids savor their desserts <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. They are always the last ones at the table. <laughs> and I'll say I your bet. story gives a lot of people hope because I can't tell you how many people that I led into our big Facebook group that, you know, their profile says that they own this cake company and that kind of thing. And I think, oh, I wonder how receptive right. they will be to our message. Yeah, so It's nice to hear yeah. your yeah. situation and how you've been able to incorporate it. I always eat the one with the walnuts because that way I have a little protein or the peanut That's butter right. ones. Right. <laughs> um, and I just, and I'd rather have that as my treat than, and I can tell you, I absolutely will not touch a piece of gummy candy yeah, probably right. again in my whole life, mm-hmm. which right. is a little, little bit sad, but at the same time, it's not, I, that's the kind of thing that I wouldn't dare put into my body because I would, I think it would just spike me and it would be, that would be terrible. I, yes. I don't even want, that's not something I'm willing to, to chance. Right, right. At all. Yeah, yeah. Just more mindful and intentional and thoughtful about what, when you do make those decisions. That's yeah, great. If there's anybody out there listening who's kind of in a situation where you were before you went down this road and found the the plan and so forth, is there anything you'd say to them? 
Oh, jumping with both feet. It is hard at times, but if you can stop your migraines through diet, why wouldn't you? It's something you can control. It gets easier. And also, like, if you do take a few steps backwards and you, 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 you have a day where you just go nuts and you eat everything in the house, <laughs> right. like, don't, like, just, just put that behind you and mm-hmm. just start again, mm-hmm. you know, because I had many days, well, maybe not so terrible like that, but many times I was like, whoa, that was like a carbo loading day, you know, for whatever reason, I was a little sad right. about something. I, right. I did have a headache. I got my period. I, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, just get right back on the horse and just keep implementing it. And But I do think in the beginning, it's really important to really stick to it. I think you mm-hmm. got to visit your body of everything mm-hmm. to get back in. And, and if you hear my story and you still don't think it's going to work for you, you got to <laughs> try it. Come on. It's so liberating and awesome. And I mean, I don't know where I'd be if I hadn't found it. I'd still be down the same old path. You know, I used to say, and I don't know, this may be, bit ridiculous but I just say you know what maybe this is just my thing in life hopefully I don't ever get cancer I don't have to battle right. a disease you know that's that's more serious in life-threatening mm-hmm. like maybe this is just my my thing to bear right. through life is these migraines but you know what no I, I just got to a point that no I'm not bearing this it just it's awful and you know what I almost wish I had something that I could like just cure you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what that would be, but it, this wasn't something I thought I was going to be able to cure. It was going to be something that required medication, and I still didn't know when they were going to hit. It didn't eliminate the migraine itself. Yeah. This is a way to get to the root cause and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, a great place to end. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And I know there will be plenty of people who are going to listen to this and be motivated to take action because of what you said. Maybe not everybody, but there's going to be a significant difference. So, so we really appreciate it. And we, we know do. we hear from people all the time about how much hearing these stories help. So really, really appreciate it. Well, they helped me. That's why yeah. I shared mine with you because I just thought, you know, if I want people to hear this, but I also understand the battle that you guys have trying to, yeah. to tell people this because it's sensitive and, and everyone's experience is so unique. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, we want it to be taken in the spirit in which it's intended and these help with that too. So, well, thanks so much, Shauna. Hope you have a, to you. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Have a yeah, you too. Great Thank you for what day. you're doing. All right. Well, thanks once again to Shauna for sharing her story with us today. I really enjoyed talking to her. And now we're just going to share some final thoughts about our conversation. Uh, Jenny, is there anything that stood out in particular for you? Yeah, she made a few points that I thought were great for everyone to hear. One of the points that she made was that she was low carb, but not keto. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a common misunderstanding that some people think that our plan is only keto Mm -hmm. and so understanding that you can be low carb but not keto and that keto is an extra tool that you can use but that she had success without being keto right she hasn't actually done keto at all and is doing fantastic Mm -hmm. right made it work I also thought her story was very common that she initially started by thinking, oh, all I have to do is eliminate gluten Mm -hmm. and sugar. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people start. And then she realized it's actually quite a bit more nuanced than that. Right. And I think a lot of people may do think that, see something about gluten-free, no sugar, maybe even read parts of the book Mm -hmm. and then kind of start sort of looking around what's available on the internet and mm-hmm. other sources and kind of get a mix, mix mishmash of messages and recipes and things like that and sort of that which can undermine uh, things uh, if, you, if it's just kind of about those superficial uh, uh, things. 
And another point that I thought was good to underscore was the fact that she had vestibular migraine. Mm -hmm. And that's a very common question that we get when people are coming into our Facebook group and such is, will this help for vestibular migraine? And here's a success story of somebody who really did. In fact, it was so, it sounded like the first things to improve were, as you mentioned, the sort of a daily low-grade mm-hmm. headache, but also that dizziness and so forth that, that, these, that these days a lot of people would uh, end up diagnosing as or characterizing, describing as a vestibular migraine, these sort of uh, inner ear type of symptoms that, that uh, go along with migraine but that are not always a part of the attack. And we get a lot of questions about people, whether this helps for them, and she's not the only one uh, that we know of that have, has noted uh, significant improvement in those symptoms as well. Mm-hmm. And she also made and learned from a lot of the most common mistakes mm-hmm. that people make in terms of, you know, using some gluten-free substitutes initially, you know, using the rice pasta mm-hmm. instead of the right. wheat pasta, you know, and she mentioned eating some bars and things and realized that those maybe weren't the best choices either. And that she now um, no longer underestimates the impact of over-the-counter meds like Advil and Tylenol, which I think is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's clear that She's not only like consumed everything we put out mm-hmm. there for her, but is is taking it all to heart, figuring out how to apply it, mm-hmm. uh, just taking action all the time, and and learning constantly as she goes, and um, that's why she's made so much progress in a short period of time. That's right. I'd also like to highlight one thing she said that I think every one of the success stories have said, which is you have to jump in with both feet. Yes. Right. Yeah. And in its own, we've seen this similar arc too, where. They might start in for a little bit and then mm-hmm. and then hit some rock bottom moment and be like, that's it, going right. all in, and mm-hmm. then and then things really uh, progress from there. Right. Um, but yeah, it it we've seen it over and over. It really does make a big difference. That's right. And now she's able to experience a little bit more freedom, add right. a few things back in after she was very strict initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's definitely a reasonable thing to do. And mm-hmm. and uh, she's kind of figuring out how to how to make it all work in the context of her own life, which, right. you know, only only you can do. That's right. Okay, well, I guess that does it for this episode. Once again, if you want to become part of our Migrant Everland family, which includes amazing people like Shauna, who mm-hmm. are in and of themselves a tremendous resource, as you can hear. That's uh, one, of, one of the uh, most incredible things about this community that's been building is the people that are in it now are pretty remarkable and are sources of wisdom because they have both taken massive action and they're always learning and growing and so um, they are uh, a resource in addition to us now and and, um, so it's a growing family and and we'd love to have you part of it if you're interested you can go to mymigrainmiracle.com and click on the resources tab in the top menu and that'll take you through all the resources that we have to offer including Migrant Everland. All right. Uh, That does it. Uh, Now it is time to go out and slay the beast. (laughs) 